The firm's got a really proud history of innovation and in the UK, which is our head office, for six years we've been recognised as one of the leading firms in terms of innovation. Welcome to Professionally Challenged, war stories from leaders driving change in law firms. Your hosts are Rob Patterson of Parkins Lane Consulting Group and Paul Evans of Toro Digital. Today, we're very lucky to be interviewing Carolyn Aldous, who is the Managing Director and Global Co-Head of Peerpoint, which is Allen and Overy's global platform for self-directed consultant lawyers. Carolyn co-leads Peerpoint with Ben Williams. Peerpoint works with Allen and Overy's clients, practice groups, and advanced delivery businesses to meet their interim legal, compliance, and regulatory resourcing needs, and provides their panel of consultants access to career-enhancing assignments. Carolyn joined the Peerpoint team in 2014 and led the London client development team before moving to Sydney in 2017 to lead the business in Asia-Pacific. Prior to joining Peerpoint, Carolyn was the Asia-Pacific client relationship manager, having spent time in both Singapore and Hong Kong. Carolyn holds a Master of Business Administration, a Master of Marketing, and a Bachelor of Commerce in Management from Monash University in Melbourne. Welcome to the show and good morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Rob. Hey, Carolyn. So first I want to talk a little bit about um, Peerpoint, business models, um, and all of that sort of thing. So doing a, doing a Porter's Five Forces a few years ago for a, for a law client, one of the emerging entrants was this category called New Law. Um, and it seemed to me that New Law was a title given to anything that was not a traditional law firm. So I was interested getting a bit of a sense of what you, how you might define new law. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think new law is an interesting, I guess, catch-all uh, for many new businesses that are coming out that have a legal compliance or regulatory focus. The industry, if you caught the recent Thomson Reuters report um, on the alternative legal services market, values that market globally uh, now at about... Uh, 10.7 billion USD. So I would argue it's sort of new and evolved or arrived. Um, And the growth within that market, it's just under 13% um, compound for the last two years. So when you compare that with the growth rates seen in traditional law firms, it's outstripping it really quickly. Um, And if we then think about Allen and Overy and what we're seeing here is that all those new businesses, and some of those have been around actually for about 15 years, are now getting to the point where they're 4 to 5% of our global revenue. Wow. Okay, so it's significant. Significant. <laughs> but there's a huge change element required to bring those in, whether it's in a firm or um, you see many people doing it independently. Okay. Maybe I might just pick up on that. Um, so one of the things I've seen... A lot of law firms invest in new business units, but they very often fail or wither on the vine. What do Ellen and Ivory do differently to support their investments? Because they seem to have a pretty good strike rate. Yeah. uh, The firm's got a really proud history of innovation. And um, in the UK, which is our head office, for for six years we've been recognised as one of the leading firms in terms of innovation. The firm's done lots of things to create a culture of innovation. Uh, We have an innovation board. Uh, We have 
forums where our employees can make suggestions, um, both in terms of how we could be serving clients better from a legal tech or um, way. Uh, but the spirit of innovation has been ground up. So um, someone comes up with an idea, they quite often will write a business case for it, put it to management, and then we'll be given seed funding to take that forward. Um, and to Pierpoint, that is exactly what happened. We acknowledged there were some factors um, in the market that were occurring both for talented lawyers and what clients were needing and the challenge the firm was grappling with. Um, and that really, those things came together in acknowledging there was a business opportunity there. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, that's a nice segue. So can you tell us a bit about Pierpoint's business model? I could take all day to do this, Rob, but sure I can. <laughs> Um, so Pierpoint is Allen Overy's flexible resource in business. We used to define ourselves as flexible legal resourcing, and we've dropped that quite recently. Um, Pierpoint, to the factors I just mentioned, came about because there was three things happening. The firm, Allen Overy, wanted to have more variability in its own resourcing. We were, um, as you know, most law firms resource for 100% busyness, and then in that they carry the cost during the downside. So we were grappling with that issue. Yep. The firm was also grappling with our clients asking for lots of secondes. As part of being on major financial institution panels, we were asked for secondes and we didn't have the capacity to, to meet those needs yep. as part of our permanent employment, employment force. We then were losing great talent. People were leaving. Um, if, on the average year, we take somewhere between 80 and 100 grads in London, and only a very small proportion of those make, the, make it to partnership. And along the way, they've had great training, they've worked with great clients, and they are opting out or choosing to do something else. And we acknowledge that the traditional view that partnership was success was changing in our workforce. Um, and last but not least, particularly in the UK, which is where PearPoint was launched initially, was the issue that clients were struggling to get permanent headcount. Um, in a tightening economic environment, actually in-house teams are really resource constrained and were looking to their major law firms to okay. assist. Cool, cool. That all makes sense to me. One of the things that I've noticed about the way you go about your marketing, it seems that Pierpoint's um, positioning or targeting is very similar to Allen & Overy's in terms of industries and client base. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pierpoint was developed as a client solution and it comes out of Allen & Overy. So all of the businesses that operate subject to regulatory environments and the requirements in local markets come out of the local partnership or out of the LLP. So that means that our commitment to the Allen & Overy brand, what it stands for in terms of being advanced in the way we deliver legal services, the quality hallmarks, all are central to all of the businesses we've created. All right, so I get it so far. So there was three things going on that, that led to the to the genesis or the innovation around Pierpoint. Um, it's positioning is beautifully aligned with what the business is doing. 
What about the, the lawyer side of things? What's in it for a lawyer? Yeah, this is the best bit. For a lawyer, um, and the lawyers I so often meet, so I meet a lot of lawyers in the average week, and many are grappling with taking control of their career, um, whether they've been or they are in private practice or in-house, the challenges of an increasing workload, doing more with less is consistent. Um, and for many, that drive to just keep doing more is leading to burnout. You know, our industry has a real issue in terms of mental health, um, in terms of um, substance abuse. So there's a lot of issues in our profession that need dealing with. Um, and very often, uh, the joy for me in this job, which is not really the answer to your question, yeah. but the joy is meeting a lawyer for the first time and they walk in, normally out of private practice, in fairness, and they sit in front of me and I can tell that the achievement was getting here to make this meeting today. They've arrived. They've left their desk, yeah. they've got out. Yeah. And you can see, as I ex explain and the, the recruitment team who works with me, yeah. explain what our proposition is and what we're setting out to do, the energy lift. And for me, then being able to think about stepping out of a traditional employment relationship, because PeerPoint is a consultancy model, yeah. and taking control of when they work, how they work, um, and recognising that they have other things in their life. Yesterday I met someone and I said, what's your side hustle? Yeah. And to even be able to have that kind of conversation in a firm such, about, such as ours is pretty unique because you actually can bring your whole self to consulting, which I think is quite unique. Without the risk of starting a business and the admin headache of yeah, starting a business? Is, yeah, yeah, I imagine absolutely. that's part of the attraction. So consulting now through PeerPoint's been going for five and a half years, so there's definitely an evolution of the consulting market. And if you think about it, lawyers have been late to this game. Yes. IT professionals have been doing it for a long time. Mm, yeah. uh, it's a well-worn path, um, but there was a, a gap in the market for lawyers to do that. So really providing the support. So we, via the PeerPoint platform, offer lawyers access to Alan Overy's know-how, to training. Um, they've got a call back to base. So it's not going alone, but they are in charge of their career. Okay. So say in terms of their professional development then, um, does that mean that, do they reach out to you and say, look, these are the things I'm looking at doing, or do they get a, like a menu of, of what um, Ellen and is doing and they can tap into that? How do they go about that? Yeah, so that journey starts actually at their first interview. So the first time they walk into our offices, they meet with a recruiter, but also someone who is from our consultant development team. And the consultant development team are central to the PeerPoint proposition for a lawyer. They deliver a program of training, both technical and soft skills. Um, and when I say soft skills, that's how to you know, be successful at consulting. We're doing things at the moment around uh, 
project management and how to have those skills um, and through some of the other Allo and Overy advanced delivery businesses, uh, skills such as how you would con- a consulting mindset or how you consult um, and also legal technology. So that all comes out of there. We then also spend time really understanding what their career aspiration is. We want consulting to be career enhancing. So it's very easy to go and speak to a recruiter and if you're a leveraged finance lawyer, that recruiter will just move you from one leveraged finance private practice or in-house team. And for some people that want to do deals all the time, that's great. But if you're wanting to develop skills such as team management or diversify, that's often quite hard. But consulting, our our aim is that we understand what you're looking for, we can work with our clients to engineer an arrangement that will allow for you to expand your skills. Um, And frankly, from a client side, taking someone who doesn't have the perfect skill set for a consulting assignment isn't as high risk as if you were going to do that in the permanent, from a permanent perspective. Cool, cool. So it's almost like you're developing um, a set of, or if like a team of of consultants who, or consultant lawyers who don't necessarily fit into that private practice mould. So yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really envisaged it being like that. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, we set ourselves out and when we were sort of building our brand, we spent a lot of time looking outside of the legal industry. So we looked at where platforms were emerging and what were the characteristics of those. So it won't surprise you we looked at Airbnb, we looked at Uber and said, how are they creating something between the supply and the demand in the market? And that's what PeerPoint set out to do. It doesn't, in the same way, use a technology platform, um, although we are at the point of building um, to underpin, um, I guess, our growth strategy. That would be interesting. You could have an app on your, on your phone and you could <laughs> look away after all your three minutes away. <laughs> but, but is that one of the advantages in that it is instant as opposed to having to recruit? Yes. recruitment's obviously... A slow process. Slow process. Um, so you have this pool of consultants yeah, ready so to go? We yeah. don't hire to the panel for a particular role. Yeah. We hire for skill set, quality, and where we see demand in the market. So, yes, you're right, there's a group of lawyers who can be accessed quite quickly, mm-hmm. um, and that can be on, if you think about the client's need, it can be because they've got a one-off event they're going to need assistance with. Um, They maybe have got a team absence or an unplanned absence um, and therefore need to bring someone in. Um, Or they're going through a project, a regulatory project, making a change that they need to adapt and they just don't have the skills um, or the capability or capacity to meet that need. I imagine that the Ellen and Overy partners are in a way um, part of your business development strategy. How do you go with cross-referral? Because they might see that as actually um, cutting their own lunch. Yeah. Can I be honest? When we had that conversation, it was a fist pump moment because for me that was the arrival that our 
our business was now at a point where we were supporting and credible offering within A&O. Yeah. Okay. And if you think about what the firm's trying to do more broadly is we're known to be experts in several areas of law and we're you know, a great firm. But all of these businesses are there to support our high-end technical offering. Yeah. They're not to replace it, um, but they are to enhance the offering. And we did some research, it'd be now five years ago, it's actually the step in of how I ended up in new law. And it was called Unbundling the Market. And we researched, and I think we spoke to over 250 GCs globally okay. about where their legal spend was going to go in the next five years. And there was a real acknowledgement five years ago that um, the LPO market was something they were going to start sending document reviews and do that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that they split, they could see the split of their um, legal spend needed to be driven by efficiency. But what was missing was that there was a lot of smaller providers in the market that um, they didn't have a quality assurance about how they, there was a risk profile going out. Um, and as we know, when clients buying any form of service, having some sort of assurance about uh, the relationship that who they're going to call yeah. when it doesn't go right, yeah. <laughs> that they have trust and that there is a really strong understanding between the provider and the client, we could see that actually holding some of these businesses within Allen and Overy was where the power was going to be. Okay. That, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. So, you know, like I imagine one of your competitors is like lawyers on demand. Um, yeah, and... So by providing that service, it's targeted, you know your space, it's really, people can rely on it. That's or right. GCs can rely on it. And Lawyers on Demand's a great business. It's been one that's been in the Australian market for nearly 15 years. Yeah. Um, and whether you look at Lawyers on Demand or Axiom in um, Asia and London, I would call them new law. You know, they were the the creator of new models very so, early Okay, so the groundbreakers. And in fairness, it has been easier for PeerPoint to operate in markets where they had already operated yeah. because they had validated the model of consulting. Um, so we, whilst I've just said that A&O has developed a lot of these businesses ourselves, we equally collaborate with yeah. best in class. Okay. Um, and there's times where that will mean working with Axiom, it will mean working with an LPO, and that ultimately is about the best outcome for the client. Just mention something, and, and it's a little bit off on a tangent, but, yeah, I've, one of the things I've noticed is that LPOs, um, whereas once upon a time, law firms would keep them to themselves and put their own work through them. They seem to now be offering them direct to clients as well. Yeah. So Alan and Overy are doing that. But we have tended to have a panel of LPOs that we work with and through our legal service centre in Belfast, they actually sit as a quality assurance working with that LPO. Oh, wow. Okay. So quite often the first review will be done. Yeah. 
in that environment, and then um, our legal service centre will act as an escalation point for resolving issues. Okay. Sorry, I'll let you off on a, <laughs> off on a tangent there. Can you see, and just, just being a little bit controversial, can you see the day when Pierpoint and your fellow siblings within a and will rival the law firm, or will the law firm always be the central point? Oh, we have many a good debate. <laughs> <laughs> the power for Pierpoint is being part of Alan and Ovary, yeah, yeah. and it is both on the talent side, so for our consultants and for our clients. So let me just explain that a little bit more because when I say we have great debate, we really do. On the talent side, we attract lawyers who I suspect would not consult if it were not for the Allen and Overy brand. The safety of moving from an employment relationship to consulting is underpinned by our access to clients, the quality mandates we have, and also the backing in terms of support, technical technical, um, and training, our professional indemnity insurance. So our consultants are covered by that. There's a whole lot of things that that make the proposition compelling for a group of lawyers. Client side, it's exactly the same. It is the knowledge that every lawyer who is on our panel has been quality endorsed and is backed by Ellen Overy. Um, And that at a recruitment level is... Our recruitment process normally takes someone four to six weeks to get through. Um, It involves meeting us, the peer point management team, around mindset and whether someone's going to thrive in a consulting environment. We're very clear about the pros and the cons of consulting and why it's right at some points of your career and may not be at others. Each lawyer is then met by an Allen and Overy partner in the technical area that they specialise. Um, and go through the paces in terms of their technical okay, ability. So they're the real deal? Check, check they're the real deal. Sometimes suspect some of them are coffees, but anyway, that's okay. <laughs> um, but again, actually the, the lawyers we're attracting are normally alumni. Um, they're known to our partners and staff from other firms. Yeah. They're clients. So it is this, this sort of circle. Um, and then to complete the recruitment process, we do several reference checks. We do employment screening. So there's quite a, um, a process, which means that when the client um, briefs us on a role, we only ever provide two CVs. It's not a recruitment process. We're not saying, here's everyone we've got. We're saying, this is the right lawyer for this task because we know what you're trying to achieve, we know your culture, um, and this is our oh, offer. <laughs> it's a bit of an innovation in the recruitment space, isn't it? You're supposed to just smash those square pegs into those round holes, aren't you? Yeah, and in fairness, I'd much rather say to the client, I'm not the right option for you, and I actually think I learnt this from you, Rob, is um, we're not the right option, but could I recommend someone who I value and I think does a good job in this space? Yeah, which will enhance the relationship long-term, absolutely. Cool. Now, something that that, um, interests me is sort of the evolution of in-house firms. They're your major client. 
um, the major people that you interface with, it seems like in-house there seems to be a bit of a revolution going on as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's really interesting when you spend time with a GC or mm. senior leader in an in-house team. The challenges are very similar to being in private practice, especially when managing a team. Yeah. Um, and quite often in a pretty flat environment. Um, so there, that's sort of in the talent space, providing opportunities for their team to grow, um, to expand their product range, for instance, if they're in a financial institution or lead high-profile mandates is, can be pretty challenging. What we are seeing is, in some markets are more advanced than others, this real push to ensure the providers they work with are providing more for less. Yeah. You know, the pressure, yeah. the cost pressure is significant. Um, and the focus on doing that in a really high-pressure environment and having time to think it through and have a direction for how you want your in-house team to look and feel and the service it's providing is really challenging when you've got a whole lot of fires occurring around you. Um, it's fair to say that we have a lot of conversations with in-house leaders who have great vision, um, but to the new law point is it's pretty challenging to bring in a piece of legal technology or, um, and a lot of the technology in its early stage is to solve one issue. It's not enterprise-wide. Um, and as such, to go through the process of bringing in a legal tech solution maybe to do NDAs, yeah. which is something that takes a huge amount of time for an in-house team to do mm. and is... Whilst there's risk, it's reasonably low value in terms of um, you don't need a senior lawyer doing it. There's, to find a solution that allows you to get where you need to be mm -hmm. and to implement it, particularly if you're not in the head office, yes. is really difficult. Yeah. Um, so I regularly hear that the, some of the challenges are as simple as do document management yeah. in-house team. Yeah. And so it's a real, you know, I think a lot of in-house clients are struggling with how do we get the time and space, how do we get the investment to make some of these changes um, whilst continuing to offer the services their business needs. Now, you mentioned clock earlier on. I'm interested in clock. Tell me about clock. So clock is an organisation that's been developed out of the United States CLOCK stands for Chief Legal Operations Consortium. And I didn't know that about 12 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul, I learned about it five minutes ago. So, so CLOCK's really interesting. It is, in my words, and probably not in how they maybe market themselves, the professionalism of the in-house um, legal team and recognition that there are many skills to be brought to bear. Um, so whether that be um, at the, as I guess the start of the clock is um, procurement and efficiency through to um, how you manage vendor relationships through to um, 
legal tech. Yep, yep. Um, and the first clock conference was held here in Australia, or the first Australian conference was held here last September, okay. so September 18. And they'll be back um, later this year. And it's a really interesting space because I think that evolution within the in-house team will really provide an avenue for some great discussions and more people who are wanting to change yeah. uh, how law firms are purchased, um, law um, services are purchased. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think it's something to be threatened by in terms of that change. I think it's actually an opportunity to really collaborate. Absolutely. And perhaps, yeah, as a firm or for firms to make sure that they're, they're you know, at the cutting edge or, or ahead of the curve rather than lagging behind. I was talking with an in-house counsel. I was on a panel recently and the in-house counsel was saying that if she sees one more value add, she's going to vomit, you know, because every time that they went out um, to, for the panel, um, you know, every, everyone came back with the same crappy value adds, the same, whereas I think what you're saying is that they're getting more and more sophisticated and if you can collaborate with them and work with them, you probably streets ahead of other firms. Absolutely, and we have recently also seen, and it was I think in the AFR this week, um, the GC at Westpac has asked one of her private practice firms and a new law firm who specialises in AI to work together to provide um, advice on how AI can be used and the risks associated with it. So that's actually really interesting. And here is a client asking for new law and traditional law to come together. Cool. I like that. Great answer. Right. Now, I just ticked over to the next topic I've got in front of me. And it made me laugh because we were talking about this this morning. In terms of leadership, you're now managing director, got a fairly reasonable-sized team underneath you. What's the hardest thing about leading for me, and I think it's different for everybody, the hardest thing is to be present in every conversation and to be present in whether I'm working with a junior team member um, and offering them guidance as I receive from you in my career or whether it is spending time with a lawyer who is making some really big career choices and life changes and having an understanding and empathy for that. Or if it's to sit down and do the reading and the thinking that needs to be done in terms of the direction of the business, finding time for all of those things and being present when doing those things, I think is the hardest challenge. Well, I love that answer, but it really resonates with me because I know what you mean. When you're, when you're leading a team, you can be so busy. It is so hard sometimes just to put everything else out of your mind and just spend the time with the person in front of you. Um, yeah, it's really difficult or even just reading something you need to read or, yeah, I think that's something, yeah, something I'd like to do a lot more of if I could as well. It's a really good point. So it's not to say it's easy. Um, I've along the journey also learnt what I need to do to be at my peak performance um, and that is something I work at very hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's important to for leaders to acknowledge what they need 
um, because when the tank's empty, what we've just talked about is yeah. is pretty much impossible. So for me, that is trying to eat on the whole pretty well. Yep. Um, I train and say personal trainer a couple of times a week, and that is less about the physical and more about how I walk into this environment every day and my mindset and not drinking too much coffee. Looking, <laughs> I am looking at Rob when I say that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 10 for 11, I'm only on my fourth. <laughs> Let's talk about how you sleep tonight. Shall we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, that could be interesting. So what do you do to keep on learning? That's a good one. Fortunate, there's... I think there's two ways to answer that. Um, Alan and Overy has been incredible for my career. Yeah. Um, and at every juncture where I've been thinking about what next, something else has, the firm has come up with something else. Yeah. So for me there has been learning within my role and the point of when you've got that under control and it's starting to get a little bit like, oh, this is a bit repetitious. I've been able to find the firms come to the party. Yeah. And to anyone listening where they're wondering what to do, I, I'm very good at articulating what I need. You know, so in being someone who is being managed, if you're able to be clear about where you want to get to in your career mm-hmm. and to be not in a bolshy way, but are able to articulate that, mm. you give people the opportunity to help you to get there. Absolutely. Whether it's within or without, you give them, yeah. They know where you're at. Um, so that is something I've really worked at. And my move to Asia Pacific was because I walked into uh, my boss's office and I was freezing and I was in London <laughs> and it was dark. Yeah. And I, with my sassy finger, said, I won't be here in 12 months. It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm in sunny Sydney. And um, so for me at that point, that was something I needed. In terms of learning, I try to do a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, for instance, tomorrow I'm off to the TEDx conference because, again, and I am sitting here today thinking, how am I going to make that physically happen? Yeah. And, again, the message is when you feel like that, that's when you need to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you'll find the time. You find the time. <laughs> you do, so, yeah. All right, well, we've, we've had so much of your time and thank you for being so generous. Just a few questions to, to finish up with. So if someone really knew you really well, what is the one thing they would know about you that others wouldn't? Wow, Paul, that's probably the trickiest question I've been asked for a while. That whilst I'm an extrovert and day-to-day, that is how I get my energy, Mm -hmm. come the weekend, I like to be alone Mm. and I need to restore myself. So that probably isn't something people would... Hmm. when they work hmm. with me hmm. or no, hmm. but um, I described myself recently as an exhausted extrovert. extrovert. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. really um, using my personal time to restore myself and get my energy back. Yep. Wow. Um, and can you nominate another legal industry leader that you hold in great respect that you think should be on our podcast? Uh, I gave this quite a lot of thought. 
I have worked with some incredible mentors. Richard Punt, who until recently I reported to, um, had such or has such vision mm-hmm. for um, what professional services is mm-hmm. and um, has been in many ways the architect of Pierpoint. Yep. So I think he's great. Uh, if you could lead any company in the world other than Pierpoint, which company would that be? Um, I'm going to give you two answers. Cool. I look at Apple mm-hmm. and in terms of their ability to create an experience and their ability to make that consistent mm-hmm. as something that's pretty incredible. Mm. Um, I think it's every marketer's dream. Every marketer's <laughs> yeah. dream. So, you know, and they're beautiful and all mm. those sort of things. And I have been known recently to say, what, how should we define the Pierpoint experience yeah. in the same way that's consistent? Because if you're going to scale out business, it needs to have those characteristics. I'm yet to find the thing that I can launch my own business doing. (laughs) But if I was, it would be very much to bring together travel, probably my love of champagne. Magnificent. (laughs) And to do that in a way, again, that meets a market. So recently I have been travelling and I joined a group called Flashpack and and like Apple, the experience, every interaction Mm. had the same connectivity so i would thrive to find an ex- a business that had high experiential factor well there's an opportunity i think we should do a podcast where we just travel around the champagne growing districts and finally if people want to connect with you carolyn how would they go about doing that Sure. Look, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, on the Pierpoint website. My details are all over that. Um, and that gives access to both my email and my mobile number. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks Carolyn. so much for being on the show. No worries, team. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Professionally Challenged. Visit our website at www.professionallychallenged.com and please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, bye for now.